I'm going to pick up this week and, and we're going to go, we've been, we've been studying the tabernacle. We've been going through a process of beginning to realize that, that, and I've dubbed this series, the gospel hidden in a tent. Because what I want you to understand is that God in the tabernacle is drawing us pictures of Jesus through every piece of furniture, through every flapping drape, through every curtain and bowl and vowel and trumpet, God is drawing us an etch-a-sketch of his gospel plan to deliver us to set us free. And we have been exploring it with power and clarity. We have come to understand that freedom is a bloody business. We've clearly understood as soon as we walked into the door of the outer court that freedom is in fact a bloody business and we were taught that at the brazen altar as we stood in the presence of God and we heard the screaming cries of innocent lambs as their throats were slit to pay the ultimate sacrifice that they might receive the curse that was imputed unto us and because they took the curse we got the life of the innocent lamb all a shadow of what was to come and once we were covered with the guilt of our own wretchedness we stopped by the pool and there we waded into the water and there we experienced the glory of God as we washed before we stood at the door of the tent and all of that happened in the outer court all of that happened up under daylight all of that happened as we stood out there with animals and tables and did business with God about sin because sin is about doing business with God. That's why the word redemption is used because the word redemption is to purchase or to buy back. Amen. Salvation is God doing business, breaking curses off of your life and setting you free. You have not been redeemed with gold and with silver, the Bible said, but with the precious blood of Jesus. Are you with me? So we stood in the outer court and we had that experience. We washed at the labor. We understood that the labor was made from the looking glasses of the women who gave up their mirrors and had them beat down into brass artifacts so that when the priest came, he could look into the water and look into the water, which is looking into the word and see himself and come back changed by the new image that was created because he sees himself through the power of God's word. And then we had the privilege of understanding that while many people can be in the outer court, only the priests are allowed to go into the tent. And last week, we went in the tent. Did we go in that tent? We went in the tent and we went to the table of shoebread. And there we begin to understand that the table of shoebread was carved by the carpenters out of the acacia wood, the Old Testament calls it shittim wood, that was cut and sanded and foul. And then all of the artisans got together and began to melt down the gold. Incidentally, the gold that they had taken from the Egyptians was melted down. You didn't get that. The gold that they'd taken from the Egyptians was melted down. This is what gives validation to the thought that the wealth of the wicked is laid up. Oh, yeah. 
and we watched as they were melted down and we began to understand what Job meant when he said, the Lord knows the way that I take and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as pure gold. We now understand that the bronze is in the outer court, but once you get inside the tent, it goes gold. And at the table of shoe bread, though it was formed and fashioned out of wood, that wood was overlaid with gold. And there we catch our first glimpse of understanding the complexities of Jesus Christ. The complexities of Jesus Christ. That he is, in fact, wood enough to be human. Perishable substance. He's human. He's wood. So the table of shoe bread was made out of wood. He, is, he had to be human to redeem me. He could not redeem me as God. Because if you study the word, you understand that in order to redeem in the scriptures, you have to be a kinsman. So he was kin to me in the flesh. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. That's why he came down through 42 generations and wrapped himself up in flesh that he might be kin to me, thereby able to redeem me and stand in proxy for me. And so he is all the way wood all the way human, all the way perishable, all the way tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. And yet when we see that the table of shoe bread is covered with gold, we know that Christ is more than a good man. He is the God man. He is God tabernacle with us. He is God draped in humanity. He is God. He is the same God that said, let there be and it became whatever he said. And now, I'll be honest with you, by all rights I should, if I were gonna do it in the order that I had initially planned to do it, I would be doing the candlesticks today. But because we are approaching Archbishop Duncan Williams and the prayer, and the prayer that went on this morning, I thought I would just, just go to the altar of incense because there you can begin to understand about prayer. So let's go, let's go in the tent. Let's go in the tent. Tell somebody and say, let's go in the tent. <laughs> and here we're going to understand the altar of incense. This is powerful. This altar of incense is made out of about two cubits of wood horizontally, which would be about 30, 36 inches or so, and a cubit and a half across, which is about 30 inches square across. It, it is so, uh, how shall I say it? It is so similar to the other artifacts in that it has four uh, different points on the top of it, four corners on the top of it, much like the brazen altar did. It also has these four different protrusions and there in the center, that's where the incense was burned. Yeah, the incense for the prayer. The staves on the side of it were so that the priests could carry it because prayer is not confined to a place. I said, prayer is not confined to a place. Now I'm gonna say something, it's gonna be controversial, it's gonna irritate some people, but I'm, 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 I can handle it. 
this is why I don't worry about them taking prayer out of school. Because you could never take prayer out of my school. <laughs> you can't take prayer out of school because you can't ever stop me from praying. I can pray with my lips closed. I can pray with my eyes closed or open. You can't stop me from praying. Now maybe somebody else you could stop from praying, but I don't care what kind of amendment you pass, I can pray anywhere. I can pray right now. My wife blessed our children every day before they went to school and the prayer didn't stop. It went right through the door into the school. Prayer will go in the hospital and the nursing home. Prayer, oh y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Prayer is mobile. Prayer is on the move. You don't even have to get to somebody in trouble. One man said, Jesus, don't come to my house. Just speak the word only. Glory to God. And my daughter will be healed. So prayer is mobile. Prayer is moving. Prayer is kinetic. It's moving rapidly. It can get there faster than a car. It can get there quicker than a jet. It can go up faster than a helicopter. Prayer is mobile. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. I got a feeling something is going to happen in here today. I said, I got a feeling something is going to happen in here today. Now, you must understand that going into the tent is a privilege of the priest. Not everybody could go into the tent. Almost anybody could be in the yard because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But to get in the tent, you had to be a priest. So the crowd has thinned out. Now the priest going in is the people going in because the priest represents the people. And, 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 and I'm trying to pick and choose because I can't really exhaust the tabernacle in seven weeks. So I'm just gleaning different elements. I, I, like I haven't taught on the priesthood. I haven't taught on the garments of the priest. I haven't taught on the 12 stones that were on the breastplate of the priest. That the 12 stones represented the 12 tribes of Israel. So that when the high priest went into the most holy place, the tribe of Dan and Ephelai, uh, all of them went in with him. Issachar, Nephtali, all went in on his breast. The stones were on his breast to let you know that God has you on his heart so the priest is I'm gonna make this 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 comparison it's like having a congressman he represents you it's a weak comparison nowadays but just stay with me stay with me much more effective than Congress, no disrespect, but he, he, he's not there just on his own behalf. 
Now the uniqueness of this is understanding that up under the Aaronic priesthood, not only did they go in on their behalf, not only did they offer up atonement for uh, the sins of the people, they also had to offer up atonement for their own sins. But our sinless lamb, our sinless priests went in before God representing our sins because he was without spot, wrinkle, blemish, or any other such thing. And so we're, we're going in to the priestly work and we're going into the presence of God to experience God, to have an encounter with God. And if I were to use a, a, a subject for today, it would be the aroma of prayer. The aroma of prayer. <clears throat> this is very interesting uh, to note because while prayer is invisible enough that it can pass through the security undetected, it cannot be seen. Glory to God. That's why you can't outlaw it. It cannot be seen. You can't stop me from praying. See, I can be praying right now. And you don't even have to know it. It's invisible. Okay. But yet God teaches us that it is still yet sensual. What do you mean by sensual? Now, don't take sensual and turn it into what sensual means today. Because something can be sensual and not be sexual. The word sensual in its origin just means to appeal to the senses. And God says that when we pray, he can smell it. <laughs> oh, we're going to have some fun today. Aaron was instructed to burn incense on the altar each morning and at twilight. I want you to go to Exodus 30, 7 through 8, and you're going to get a clear understanding. Lord, while they're turning to the word, let the word be made flesh. Let it come alive in the hearer. Let the church be changed. Let the power of God saturate this place. Let illumination fulfill its destiny in this place. Let people be altered irrevocably, eternally, by the power of your word. Let the word that I teach today outlive me and outlast me. Let it last for generations after I'm gone. Let the young people catch the revelation and teach their children and their children's children, even unto the fourth generation. Don't let any spirit of the Antichrist terminate the excellency of your word in the lives of your people. And I give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning. When he dresseth the lamps, he shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. And so I want you to understand there's a lot, lot we have to cover today. I'm excited. I'm excited. Tell somebody and say, I'm excited. I, I want you to see that there is some some synergy between the brazen altar 
and the altar of incense. So put them up side by side so we can look at them. Look at how similar. They're very similar in their, in their fashion and their shape. And, 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 but this one is a killing place. And this one is a praying place. Uh-huh. Both of them are altars. On, in this place, the flesh is killed. In this place, the will is killed. See, It is possible to have had salvation, price paid at the brazen altar and still struggle with having your will to die at the altar of incense. Both of them are on fire. It's gonna take fire to offer up the kind of sacrifice that makes your will submit to God. You do understand that prayer will break through your fleshly will. <laughs> are you following what I'm saying to you? And I want you to see this because this is important. Now in the brazen altar, which was the first thing we saw at the door, everybody had access to it. But when you get to the altar of incense, this is the place of intercession. This is the place where Aaron and his sons went in to represent the children of Israel. And this is where God begins to give us a sneak preview of what he's going to do in Christ. Because all of the children of Israel who dwelt around the tabernacle could not get into the most holy place. But they had a man on the inside. <laughs> Somebody got it. They had a man on the inside. Somebody say, I got a man on the inside. <laughs> Having a man on the inside changes everything. When you got a man on the inside, they can carry your concerns to a place that you didn't have access to go on your own. I got a man on the inside. Say it again, I got a man on the inside. That's what, that's what the priests did when they went in. They went in where Israel couldn't go to say what Israel couldn't say, to fight what Israel couldn't fight because they knew that they had a man on the inside. This is why Christ is your man. Oh, y'all don't hear it. When you got a man on the inside, you don't have to worry about nothing. I said, when you got a man on the inside, you don't have to worry about nothing. Now I want you to see this good because this is a principle that perpetuates itself over and over again in the scriptures. We see it in Joseph. Joseph was thrown into a pit by his brothers. Come on, talk to me somebody. He was sold into slavery by the Midianites. Am I right about it? He served in Potiphar's house. He went into prison. He came out of prison and became the prince of Egypt so that his brothers who were on the outside in the time of their famine would have a man 
on the inside. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. This is why Christ went down into the grave, rose up on the third day morning, showed himself alive for 40 days, and then went up on the cloud so that we would have a man The Bible says we have not a high priest who cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmity, tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin, so he ever liveth to make intercession for us because we got a... <laughs> Brother Ontario, all the witches that tried to hex me, and all the warlocks that tried to curse me, and all the generational curses that stood up in my face and said, because you, your daddy wasn't, you can't. Because your grandmother wasn't, you can't. What they did not know is that I had a man. You wouldn't be sitting where you're sitting. You wouldn't be wearing what you're wearing. You wouldn't be driving what you're driving. You wouldn't be living like you're living if you didn't have a... Yeah, yeah. Don't you worry about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing. You got a man on the inside. You're not fighting this fight by yourself. You got somebody in the high places who can be touched by your moanings and your groanings. And when you cry out, he represents you. So just because the world is in a famine <laughs> doesn't mean you have to be in a famine because I got a man on the inside just like Joseph was who controlled who control the gross national product for the entire nation of Egypt. Your man on the inside has everything you need and he shall supply oh you act like you're scared to say it he shall supply what all my needs according to his riches according to his riches according to his riches can you see why they switch from bronze to gold because God is trying to tell you that heaven is rich. All of you people who think that being a Christian means you got to be a plain Jane and that you have to be broke and you have to be down and out to represent God. I want to ask you a question. If God was that stingy, why has he got gold making furniture in the house of God? Not only that, in heaven, the Bible says that God paved the streets. He paved the streets with gold. 
So where are your stuff, honey? Do your thing. Walk in the fullness and the blessings of God. Y'all don't hear what I'm, I'm going to release somebody today. I'm going to set you free today. Stop apologizing for how God blessed you. I said stop apologizing. These old slaves went from handling brick to melting gold. Good God of mercy. Are you ready to switch over? You started out making brick without straw and you end up melting down gold. Great God of mercy. You see, when we go in the most holy place, when we were at the table of shoe bread, we saw provision. Y'all hear what I'm saying? We saw provision at the table of shoe bread. At the, at the altar of incense, we see prayer. At the candlesticks, we see presence. So we got, we got prayer, we got provision, and we got presence. We got prayer, we got provision, and we got presence. I'm going to deal with the presence next week. Glory to God. But this week I'm dealing with the altar incense. And, and you, can't, you can't deal with the altar incense if, if I don't teach you these things. Th this is important for you to understand. Is anybody getting what I'm talking about? Now, there, there's some things you have to understand about the altar of incense. You can't talk about the altar of incense without talking about fire. Yeah, it's gonna be some burning. So when you wanna have a great prayer life, God doesn't give you a book on prayer, he sends fire. You know why? Fire will make you pray. Fire will make you get down on your knees. Losing your job will give you a prayer life. Your children in trouble will make you call on the Lord. The Bible says it was good for me that I was afflicted. It was good for me that I got in trouble. It was good for me that you didn't help me. It was good for me that I had to go by myself. It was good for me that God put me in a position that I had to call on him in a way that I never had to call on him before. Some of you that's been going through all hell breaking loose on your life, God is just setting you on fire so that you can become a prayer warrior for his glory. Who am I talking to? I said, who am I talking to? Touch three people and tell them, I'm about to set it off in here. I'm about to set it off in here. I'm about to set it off in here. Don't think you're going to sit by me and not be affected. 
Because if you get near me, I'm going to set it off. You're going to know that I was here. You're going to know that I was here. I got a prayer life going up before God as a sweet-smelling savor. Yes, indeed. I'm going to have some impact up in here. There's going to be some change up in here. There's going to be some healing up in here. When I pray, my prayer goes up. My prayer goes up. My prayer goes up. And God gets in the smoke. And God gets in the glory. And God starts moving. The Bible says your prayer goes up before God as a sweet-smelling Savior. Somebody talk to me. Let somebody say, I dare you to pray. against every devil that told you you couldn't get a prayer through the devil is a liar if you call on the name of the Lord you absolutely can get a prayer through I don't know who I'm talking to but I know what I'm talking about Touch 10 people and tell them your prayer is going through. Your prayer is going through. Yeah. Your prayer is going through. Your prayer is going through. Your prayer is going through. gospel choirs, your prayer is going through. The Lord wanted you to be here this morning so you would have evidence that your prayer is going through. Keep on calling on Jesus. Keep on calling on Jesus. Touch me people and say, keep calling on the Lord. on him. Keep calling on him. Keep calling on him. When you're backed up against the wall, keep calling on him. When all hell is breaking loose, keep calling on him. When they said you'd never be back, just keep calling on him. Because God said, I can smell it. God said it's in the atmosphere. God said it's going up into his presence. I want to take 30 seconds and just give God praise all over this room. You got 15 seconds.
your problem in the smoke. Put your sickness in the smoke. Put your fear in the smoke. Put your anxiety in the smoke. It's going up before God today. I teach this word as a sign unto you. The Lord told me to tell you, he heard you. If this is a confirming word to you, I want you to give God a praise and response. said if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and what and pray and seek my face and seek my face seek my face you might not see it at first but seek my seek my faith seek my faith what are you looking for I'm looking for God's face excuse me I'm looking for God's face I'm not trying to get in your face. I'm trying to get in God's face. God said, if you will seek my face and turn from your wicked way, then what I hear from heaven, I'll forgive your sins and I'll heal your land. Are y'all getting something out of this? Sit down. I'm not through y'all, y'all getting me excited. I'm all excited yeah 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 tell three people for me tell them something's about to happen in here this morning I'm just going to stand in the, in the smoke. This is, this is what consecration means. This is what consecration means. To live in an atmosphere of prayer. You don't see too many consecrated saints anymore. But B.B. knows what I'm talking about. You remember the old saints. They didn't... They did, talk about just anything they didn't just act any kind of way and some of it might have seemed kind of strange I remember having dinner at one of the church mother's house and she had a, a, a place setting for Jesus 
she said, don't sit there, baby. <laughs> she said, he always got a seat at my table. <laughs> you can sit anywhere else, darling, but don't sit there. I just want the Lord to know that, that he's always got a seat at my table. Now that might sound strange, but they lived in a perpetual consecration and awareness that they were not alone. You didn't hear the old saints talking about being lonely. I just don't like living by myself. You didn't, because they never would confess that they were living by themselves. They knew that they were living in the smoke of the presence of God and that God was in the house with them and God was in the car with them and God went down the road with them. Consecration means keeping your mind somewhere near this. You never know you're going to drive down the road and see somebody in a car. You, you don't have time to go on a fast to get in touch with God. You, you ought not ever let anybody get you so far away from the holy place that you're not aware of his presence. This is consecration. Consecration means that sometimes you need to cut the TV off, put your phone down, cut your music off, and spend some time with the Lord. When are you going to get tired of spending time with folk that can't help you? Confused people asking confused folk for direction. Two lost people trying to find a way to Chicago. I don't know. It might be that way. I don't know. But then again, it could be that way. I don't want, you know, you're on the phone getting people's ideas. But if, if you would become more consecrated, just to be, I'm not saying you got to wear white and put on a prayer cap and walk around looking like a ghost. I'm just saying living in the presence of God gives you a certain peace and a certain tranquility and a certain readiness. Can I go deeper with this? Now you got to understand the reason I appeal to your senses, I appeal to your senses for two reasons. I was in Swaziland several years ago and I was, I was a guest of the king of Swaziland who had thrown a feast for me at the palace. And when I opened the door to come in the palace, the aroma permeated the room. The palace was extensive, but the entire palace had a scent in it and an aroma that was coming from a burning place. Are you following what I'm saying? So whatever they were cooking, you couldn't smell it because the incense had filled the room. Now, now, the reason you see the altar of incense, I want your senses to come into this text. Not just your intellect, but your senses to come into the text. We have come from the outer court, the bloody place, the place where blood has been gathered together in pans from dead animals. We have come from the place where flesh was set on fire. 
Imagine the smell of burning flesh. And then after smelling all the, the toxicity of our wretchedness outside, we step through the door and we come into the aroma of prayer. God says, I don't care what you've been through in your past. I don't care what happened to you. I don't care how you were burned. I don't care how you were singed. I don't care how you were hurt. God said, I'm taking you in to a fresh aroma. The thing about a smell like this it cannot be controlled. It cannot be contained. It will jump over walls and fences. Before the series is over, you will find out that the smell of the prayer goes through the veil into the holies of holies where the Shekinah glory is. And if, if you would be a little less carnal, I'm not trying to kill your personality. If you'd be just a little less carnal and a little more consecrated, God could smell it. If you'd stop talking like you talked in the world, negatively, doubtfully, fearfully, angrily, frustrated, and you only put on your prayer shawl when you come into church on Sunday, that's too big of a metamorphosis one day out of the week. You need to turn your house into a sanctuary. One of the things I love about my wife is she's a prayer warrior, always has been. And many are the times that I have walked in a room and, and she didn't even hear me because I walked like a ghost. Just write that down so you know that I can appear. You don't even know where I came from. And I walk up on you. My kids will tell you that. I walk up on you like Casper. And they say, oh, Daddy, I didn't hear you. Yeah, I didn't mean for you to. <laughs> I walk in the room, and my wife would be bent over the sink, tears running down her face, talking to God. And I, I, I have backed out of the room. Because just because we're married, doesn't mean that I can invade her prayer life. What she and God are talking about is none of my business. Come on, stop trying to know everything about everybody. That's why your marriage don't work your nosy. If you give a person a little space, they stay with you longer. Let somebody breathe a little bit. Get up off of them a minute. Let them have some me time. Oh, I'm going to help you today. And that, that aroma of prayer has to fit around the continuity of your personality, how you are, not the these and the thou fours and the which cause and oh God who ruleth the winds and the waves, not, not all of that. No, no, no. You have to understand you bring your own personality to it, your own aroma. Everything about the altar of incense costs something. The acacia tree had to be cut down 
separated, skinned, and shaped. Out of the cutting comes the shaping. See, we're not just building an altar of incense this morning. I'm trying to build a prayer life for you. I'm trying to show you what to do with the places where you've been cut. Turn it into your altar of incense. The gold had to go through the fire and be melted. Both the wood and the gold go through a metamorphosis. Do you know why that stuff started smoking up here? Because I lit that charcoal and when that incense hit it, it went through a metamorphosis because the charcoal was going through a metamorphosis because the fire was going through a metamorphosis. Everything that comes into your life is designed to change you in some way. It's not what you went through that you ought to hold on to. What did you learn from it? How do you grow from it? How, how, do, you, how do you take what hurt and turn it into something that helps? Your stars are made out of your scars. Every, everything that's burning up here is burning and smoking because it's going through a metamorphosis. And you, if you're going to grow in your faith, have to go through a metamorphosis. And when you're not changing fast enough, when you're stubborn and you're hard-headed, God says, I'm going to put some more fire to it. I'm going to put some more fire to it. Oh, you, oh, 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 you won't say yes, huh? You won't say yeah. I'm going to put some more fire to you. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You just got to be, you got a temper like your mama. Oh, you got a mouth like your auntie. You, you, you're you not going to be like Jesus. You're going to be like your relatives. Uh-huh. He said, when I get through putting some fire to you, oh, yeah, when I get through, when I get through lighting you up, I'm going to bring you to your knees. I'm going to get your attention. I don't care how many degrees you got. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care what you drive. God knows exactly where to burn you to bring you to your knees. Tell somebody, say, you got me praying again. He's got me praying again. He's got me praying again. He's got me praying again. Lord, these children, keep me on my knees. Lord, this job, keep me on my knees. Lord, this neighbor, keeps me on my knees. That ain't nothing but God just lighting up your life. Lighting up your life is nothing but God. Lighting up your life is nothing but the Lord. I don't know whether the wind is blowing your way or not, but I tell you what, I can smell it. And I'm gonna tell you something. When you get in the presence of somebody who really prays, 
You can smell it. Where Corey at? Come on out there where I can see you. You can't pray like that on Sunday morning if you don't pray like that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You can't read a book on prayer. You have to go through something tough enough and painful enough. You can't put on a show like that. Real anointed prayer cannot be fake. You can wear her clothes, but you can't have her smell. The anointed shot. You don't have to worry about nobody ever taking your anointing because what God took you through is what makes you pray. Where my prayer warriors at? Thank you, baby. Where my prayer warriors at? Oh, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta get to the good stuff. I haven't got to the good stuff. Tell somebody, say, we got to get to the good stuff. Go to Leviticus 10, 1 and 1 through 7. Can I give you a little bit more? See, this, this kind of teaching doesn't happen anymore. You, you just don't see it anymore. That's why people can jump from church to church to church to church to church. You can jump from place to place to place to place if you used to junk food any place to do. I said if you're used to junk food, any place will do. But once you are used to gourmet cooking, I'm not throwing off at nobody, but if you really start teaching the Word of God with power and with clarity and with revelation knowledge, it takes you into a completely different dimension. It is multicultural. It, truth will work on white folks, it'll work on black folks, it'll work on rich folks, it'll work on Spanish folks. When you're right, you're just right. When you know your stuff, you know your stuff. Can I get a witness here? You don't have to have, you don't have to have a message for the millennials and a message for the baby boomers. And if you just preach the word, the word will fit all generations. Oh Shaba, oh my Shata, oh my Shata. Oh my God, I feel like running this morning. I feel the power of God moving in this place. The problem today is we're trying to do God's work without God's fire. And it's so expensive. You got to have all these gimmicks and all these tricks and all of this stuff trying to cover from the, from the fact of not having an anointing. I was praying and I was asking the Lord why this group of ministers, this has been some time ago, so why this group of ministers were so angry. They fight about doctrine all the time. They argue and they fight and they fight. I'm not mid-trip, I'm post-trip. I don't believe in that, that's Calvinism. They're just fighting, fighting, fighting. And the Lord said, when you don't have an anointing, you have to use anger. 
Some people, the only anointing they have is anger. So in the absence of being excited about the good news, they become toxic and angry about the bad. Anytime you build your ministry on tearing down other people's ministry, I'm the gospel challenger. I'm the Bible police. God sent me to correct the church. I thought that was the Holy Spirit. And to anybody in here who thinks God sent you over here to straighten out the potter's house, anywhere you see exit. Anywhere. There are a variety of choices available to you this morning. You don't have to walk far to find the door. There's a door somewhere near you. Oh, we're having a good time this morning. Calling on Jesus. Having a good time just calling on the Lord. Come on, let's go into this. Leviticus 10, 1 through 7. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron. Nadab and Abihu are the sons of Aaron. Aaron has five sons. And these are two of them. Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire thereon and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord which he commanded them not. Some of the things we see happening today. <laughs> is strange fire. It's strange fire. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. Now this, these are two of Aaron's sons. And they offer, they are priests. And they are in the most holy place. And they offered up strange fire. And they died because the presence of the Lord went out and consumed them and they died. God said, I'm not playing. If you think you're playing with God, you're playing by yourself because God didn't play. God says, I'm not playing. Then Moses said unto Aaron, this is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Now you read it, but now feel it. Aaron's two sons are dead. And Moses tells Aaron, God is not playing about this. And Aaron with his two sons laying there dead, held his peace. And God, and Moses called Mishael, 
and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said unto them, come get your cousins. This is the Ebotic version. Come in here, get your cousins up out of here now. Cause they done gone too far this time. They acting crazy and come get them. Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. See, we have lost our fear of God. It used to be a fear and a reverence of God. I mean, even sinners had it. They might be cussing, but when they got by the church, they say, shut up, man, we by the church. We have lost our fear of God. That's why you can come in here cross-dressed. We've lost our fear of God. We don't have respect for God. There ought to be something when you come in the house of God, there ought to be some respect. You don't come in here acting like a hoochie. I'm old school, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I apologize. Please forgive me, I'm out of date. I'm out of style. Ontario, come on, finish this message. I'm too old school to talk to you. We believe in respecting God. So they went near and carried them in their coats. So they got their coats and took their coats off and carried their cousins out of the camp as Moses had said. And Moses said unto Aaron and unto Eleazar and unto Ithamar his sons. Now th this is what he got left of the family. Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes lest she die. In other words, God said don't have an attitude. Don't uncover your head as a sign of grieving, nor rend your clothes, because I'll take you too. And lest wrath come upon all the people, but let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning. The people can bewail the burning, which the Lord have kindled, but not you. You, you don't get to show off. You, you're, you're too far in to be childish. See, this would stop a lot of people from saying they were called to ministry. If, if you understood the responsibility of ministry and you didn't see it as a gig or an opportunity to get your come up on. <laughs> oh God. And ye shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation lest ye die. God, God is in a bad mood right now. He said, don't, don't move, don't turn to the left or the right. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses. I have learned something in my life. I have learned something the hard way. It's been many, many times in my life because of my relationship and my rapport and my love and my compassion, I am by nature merciful. I will do anything to help you, save you, get you out of burning building. But I have learned that when God is executing judgment to get out of the way, get out of the way. No matter how I feel about it, no how much I love it. And I have learned the signs. 
when I keep trying to save you and I can't get you out, I know God is doing something that's bigger than me and I have to step aside. That goes for children, that goes for family, that goes for everybody. Some of you all are trying to stop God from doing what God has to do to get through to somebody because you love them. You better get out of the way lest ye die. God knows how to bring you around. He knows how to humble you down. He knows what to take you through to make you say yes. And some of you are enablers. You are enabling the dysfunction in the person because you love them and God is trying to judge them and you gotta get out of the way because God knows what he's doing with that person. Suffering teaches you some things. You can't rescue everybody every time. Sometimes you got to let them go through what they got to go through. Well, I'm sorry you're going to lose the car. When you keep bailing them out and keep bailing them out and keep bailing them out and giving them a push that would have normally worked and it doesn't work, God is doing something. It's not always the devil. After you've rebuked it and pleaded the blood and prayed in the spirit and it's still happening, that means it's not the devil, it's not a witch. I'm gonna show you how to discern. It means God is working on that person. Get out of the way. God says, I'm so serious about this that it has to be the proper fire. It has to be the proper incense. There's a recipe in the Bible for the incense. It had to be the proper incense and it had to be the proper time. He said, I want you to offer it up in the morning. I want you to offer it up at night. Dr. Jill will tell you a prescription will always tell you when to take it. Take three times a day with lots of water. Don't drink milk when you take this. Take this at night before you go to bed. Specifics make a difference. God is particular. It is not, it, I believe in being creative and I, I bring my creativity into my ministry. Always have, always will encourage you to do the same. But creativity has to have boundaries. There are specificities that have to be respected when it comes to God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? I'm gonna go on. But prayer, God is saying to these people, they offered up strange fire. Now I want you to understand clearly what it means to offer up strange fire. The Bible said, put the brazen altar and, and the uh, altar of incense back up, up there again. The scriptures say that the priest was to go outside to the brazen altar and get your fire from here. I don't want fire from anywhere else. Get your fire from here. And if you take the fire from here and put it on this, I will receive you. The reason they died is because they brought some worldly fire into the presence of God and thought it didn't make any difference. God said, the only fire I want on this altar is fire that comes from here. In other words, the other thing you need to understand about it is because you are Christian, 
you have a covenant with God and you have access to him in prayer in a way that you wouldn't have if you had not been to the brazen altar first. The altar of incense would not open unto you. Now you can come boldly. I'm I'm, I'm going to, y'all don't hear what I'm saying? You can come boldly. If you have been to the brazen altar, if you have accepted Christ and recognized that he died for your sins and you are a born again Christian, you want to always work from from your foundation. Everything in the kingdom is birthed out of your salvation. Restore unto me the joys of thy salvation. Okay, here's a better one. With joy we draw waters from the wells of salvation. It all comes from that right there. Everything comes from there. Everything comes from the brazen altar. Everything. Everything comes from the brazen altar. My wife, my family, my business, my finances is all on fire from this place. If you don't take it from the brazen altar and offer it up on the altar of incense, it doesn't have impact. That means this is how we need to read. Let me, I'm, I'm going to practicalize the text. Lord, I don't want a woman that didn't come from there. I don't want a job that didn't come from there. I don't want a friend that didn't come from there. I don't want an opportunity that didn't come from there. I don't want anybody else's blessing. I only want the blessing that you have for me. I only want the things to happen in my life that were predestined from the foundations of the world. Lord, get all the strange fire out of my life. Strange friends. Strange relationships, strange people who don't have the DNA that you have designed for me. I'm sorry, I've been asking you to bless strange fire. Ooh, y'all not shouting like you was before. It's getting hot in here. Can I go a little bit deeper? My almost final point is that prayer changes the prayer. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes people. Prayer won't change things or people before it changes the prayer. Prayer changes you first. How many people have had prayer change you? You know why Jesus tells us to pray for, for your enemies? Because you can't hate who you pray for. Try it. Not if you pray from the, from the brazen altar. Uh-oh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He just brought it back to me right then. I was about to forget it. All of this praying God kills them, destroys them, praying they won't get the job, praying they won't get the house, that's strange fire. That's not a Holy Ghost, that's witchcraft. 
mind is not going to work because you can't curse what God has blessed. I would. I wish I had some blessed people in here. If I had some blessed people in here, they would tell you, you are blessed in spite of who tried to curse you. You're not where you are because you don't have enemies. There's a lot of people hope you drop dead right now. And the only reason you didn't drop is because they can't curse what God has blessed. If God has blessed you, oh, oh God, I, I can't even go there. If God has blessed you, let the haters hate. If God has blessed you, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Somebody holler, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I was blessed in West Virginia and I'm blessed in Texas. The blessing is not on the place. The blessing is on me. Everywhere my feet trod, everywhere I go, if I go in Kroger's, I'm blessed in Kroger's. If I go in the CVS, I'm blessed in the CVS. I don't have to be any particular place. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a blessing on your life today. How many of you know you're a child of God? You're a born again child of God, hold your hand up. There's a blessing on your life this morning. I don't care what circumstance you're in right now. Don't you believe the circumstance over the blessing of the Lord? I want you to start walking in the blessing, talking in the blessing, living in the blessing of the Lord. Everywhere you go, I want you to smell like a prayer warrior, ready to rebuke the enemy at all times. Don't be afraid of the witch. Don't be afraid of the enemy. A thousand may fall at thy right side. Ten thousand at your left side. It shall not come nigh your dwelling place. Somebody holler, I'm blessed. When I pray, demons tremble. When I pray, demons tremble. Demons ought to be afraid to get near you. Tell your neighbor to the left and the right, I'm blessed. If you got a devil, you can't sit beside me. The anointing of God is in me. Prayer is in my clothes. It's in my skin. It's in my walk. It's in my talk. Shout yes! You don't need to know details. You don't need to know circumstances. But the Lord said, just lay hands on seven people and just say miracles, miracles, miracles. Miracles, miracles, miracles. Miracles, miracles, miracles. I decree and declare miracles, miracles, miracles. Breakthroughs and deliverances. Healings, joy, peace, power. I declare it now in the name 
name of Jesus. I speak miracles, miracles, miracles. Over your life, over your body, over your father. Miracles, miracles, miracles. Miracles, miracles, miracles. Somebody spoke miracles over your life. What are you supposed to do? Give him the praise with all of your might and all of your spirit. somebody anything can happen Wednesday night we're coming in this place with Archbishop Duncan Williams and we're coming to light this place up with healings and deliverances and breakthroughs it is no accident God designed it I didn't plan it that at the time Archbishop would come we would be on the inside squeeze your neighbor's hand say we're in there now we're at the altar incense we're ready for this ministry to go to the next level we're going to be consecrated this week. We're going to walk in alignment with the Holy Spirit. There's some things that we need God to do with our children, with our finances, with the healing of our bodies. We need the power of God to break loose. Squeeze that hand. The Lord told me to tell you that prayer is influence. And some of the things you're complaining about, you haven't been praying about. Prayer influences. 
the situation. I let that incense, it influenced the atmosphere. Some of you have been living in atmospheres that were discouraging and depressing. You've been up under a heavy load. And God brought you here this Sunday morning because all you need to change the atmosphere is in you. It doesn't matter that you're in a desert right now. It doesn't matter what season of your life you're in right now. It can change. When you change, God wants to light you up this morning. The person that you're touching is not here without sacrifice. Some of them have been worshiping for months up under duress and stress. Some have been holding on by a thread. But the Lord sent this word today because your atmosphere is about to change. The stench of your past is about to change. The residue of your shame and your guilt and your worry and your anxiety, it's got to be driven back by this new you. <laughs> this better you, this stronger you, this more mature, more seasoned you. This you that has been through the fire, this you that has learned how to pray. This you that has discernment. A change is coming. The Holy Ghost is walking up and down every aisle in this church. You're streaming online. The Spirit of God is coming right where you are right now, right now in such an amazing way. The aroma of prayer is right there, right where you are. It's stronger than chemo on cancer. Tumors are shrinking. <laughs> Stress is shrinking up under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Some of you have been in a spirit of frustration, just frustrated, just frustrated, just annoyed, just frustrated. The anointing will destroy that yoke. I'm going to pray for you, but not before you pray for yourself. While you squeeze that hand, I want you to beat me to the altar. I want you to go before God in prayer right where you are. I want you to start speaking the things that have been out of control and out of order in your life. It's got to happen right now. It's got to happen right now. I believe it belongs to me.
I shall have what I decree. Take over this room. Take over situations on that job. Take over things in that house. Take over. Take over conditions in that body and that mind. Let the glory of the Lord take over circumstances and crises and problems and dilemmas. I decree and declare that every stronghold will be broken right now by the power of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Every stronghold broken, every power broken, every division that the enemy has set up against us coming down by the power of God. By the power of God, by 
Lord, your presence fills this place. Your presence fills this place. We have an appointment with destiny. And because of the incense, the aroma of our prayer, I decree and declare change. I pray, Lord, that this people would walk in that change right now. That when we get out of this service, that we would walk out of here walking in a changed atmosphere. We reject anything that's not changed by the power of God. We won't accept strange fire. We're going to be like you. We reject strange fire. In the name of Jesus. Give God the best praise you got. Come on. Come on. Come on. Spirit is in this place. Can we just linger just a moment in just in his presence? Let's just let's just linger. Let's just tarry. In his presence. burn discontentment turn it into something better burn let it burn burn that unforgiveness burn it up Burn it up right now. We're not going home with that. We're not going to get in the car with that. We're not going to take that back to the house with a burn it up. Burn it! Burn prejudice. Burn it out of our midst. Burn it out of our lives. Burn it out of our country. Burn it! Burn it up! Burn pettiness. I'm too big to be acting this childish. I burn it up. Petty ways, petty attitudes. Burn diseases out of our bodies. HIV, 
cancer, diabetes, brain tumors, blood disorders, diseases of all types and kinds. Burn it out of that body. Burn it out. Burn it out. Burn it out. By your stripes, I claim healing. Healing is the children's bread. 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 I claim healing. I claim prosperity for your people. I claim prosperity. I rebuke the spirit of poverty. I come against it in the name of Jesus. Not another day. I decree and declare that all of my needs are met. All of your needs, all of his needs, all of her needs, all of their needs, I decree and declare it's done in the name of Jesus. The cattle on a thousand hills belong to you. The cattle on a thousand hills, the cattle on a thousand hills. You said the silver and gold is mine. I speak it into the atmosphere. New life, new businesses, new creativity, new ideas, new concepts, new opportunities, new arrangements. I speak it out. I speak it out. Come on, speak it into the atmosphere. Speak it into the atmosphere. I'm going to walk in faith. Ow! In Jesus' name, glorify him. Glorify him. Glorify him. Glorify him. Glorify him. 